0: From the Southeast Florida studios of the law firm Tripp Scott in Fort Lauderdale, this is Politics and Sunshine, a continuing series of interviews with local and national subject matter experts tackling the issues that make you stand up. In this episode, Tripp Scott CEO Ed Poswally talks to the host of the Newsmax show, The Balance, Eric Bowling. Here's your host, Ed Poswali.
1: Today, our podcast is with a two-time New York Times bestseller author and a two-time Emmy winner who's been on TV for more than 15 years. And you can currently find him as the host of The Balance at 8 p.m. on Newsmax. And I'd like to welcome Florida resident Eric Bowling. Eric, welcome.
2: Really cool and a pleasure to be with you. and Nice to talk to you.
1: Appreciate the time. We've got some ground to cover. So President Trump had a hearing in court in New York. And, you know, I've been I had some experience with judges as a trial lawyer, and I've never seen a judge act like the way he, uh, that judge in New York acted. What was your take?
2: Well, they, you know, fortunately, there was a camera in the courtroom at the beginning. Of course, the media and the left, they hate Trump. And so they thought was, let's get a picture. Let's get some video. Let's get pictures of Trump in a courtroom. It'll be bad for him. <laughs> it went the other way because <laughs> – you know, first of all, Trump used the cameras outside the courtroom effectively. I'll get to that in a second. Especially when it had to do with Florida, there's a great Florida hook in there. But inside the courtroom, they the camera panned and you see Trump's defense, and he had that stern look. He's ticked off, obviously. And they're going, trying to you know extract a quarter of a billion dollars from him, or you know, or whatever they can get. And then you see Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, sitting in the second row on the on the prosecution side. Plaintiff, whatever it is, in this type of case, and and staring, just staring at Trump, just looking at him. You could see this is more, this a vendetta. This isn't a legal proceeding. And then it pans to the judge, and he sees the camera, and he like smiles and takes his glasses off and fixes his hair, like this is some sort of you know his moment to be in the spotlight. And and again, it it goes from what should be a legal proceeding, fair, balanced jurisprudence to this is almost a, a clown show. This is them trying to. Get Trump and using getting Trump to, to further their own political careers in, in the, in the case of the attorney general, Letitia James in, in New York, or in the case of this, this judge. I've, I saw a video circulating on this judge talking about how he'd be willing to, uh, suspend a jury's decision. Now, this is not a jury, uh, case, but he'd be willing to suspend the jury's decision because he didn't like the, the outcome of, of the, the verdict and, and we talked about Really some wacky stuff, whether the defendant was wearing a blue sweater or a red sweater. It's it just the guy really clearly to me as an outsider seemed not 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 a legal scholar or or a lawyer. Seems like uh, almost a joke or like a political hack. So anyway, Trump used the 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 fact that the media frenzy was surrounding the court on the way into the courtroom. He made some comments on the way out in, in the break. He made some comments before he went back into court after the first initial break. He had a document. and It was from Palm Beach. And It was from Palm Beach uh, Property Assessors. And he said, look, this is Palm Beach telling the New York judge he doesn't know what he's talking about uh, as far as valuation on Mar-a-Lago. The joke of the matter is that this judge, this judge decided that he thought Mar-a-Lago was worth $18 million. I got news for you. You know, for. Spots in the parking lot of Mar-a-Lago are worth eighteen million dollars in Palm Beach right now. It's probably hey, Eric. Perfect. If
1: it's worth eighteen million dollars, can we get a couple of buddies
2: together and buy it? No, let's go. Let's go. Let's take the whole strong <laughs> property too, and then, you know, of course, the the beach, the pool, the beach, whatever. The, the the joke of the matter is that Trump used that Palm Beach document, assessor's I believe, is the assessor's office in Palm Beach on the way into court in the second, and then they when they came out at the end of the day. They seem very happy. I had Alina Habba on the show last night, and she said, "Yeah, that that's right. That document, that assist from Palm Beach, helped to reduce some of what they're what they were asking for, what they were going for. They're going for two hundred and sixty million dollars, and what that document showed was that it was whatever they were using the basis was was going to be thrown out on some eighty percent of what they were going for. Is what the the
1: way I understood it. You, you may be able be able to make well, it was a it was a statute of limitations argument on some of it, so. The claim was not brought in time. So everything that was from a certain point back was dismissed. That's That, that was 80% of that was gone.
2: Yeah. I mean, take a step back for a second. They're suing Trump without a victim. So there are insurers, there are bank lenders who have no problem with what happened. They're not calling. They didn't call Letitia James and said, sue Trump. They're fine. They made money. This is Letitia James and in, in the, using the legal system to go after Trump. After all, she promised People, if they voted her into the attorney general's office, she'd get Trump and she's doing exactly what she promised to do. Problem is, Ed, is that I think the legal system in America has been exposed to being not fair, not balanced, just political, broken? maybe broken, broken, political. I mean, I don't know if it's broken, but if if this doesn't seem like they're doing anything illegal, that it doesn't seem like they're doing anything that's not fully accepted, that's been going on for 200 years it feels like they've been doing it and using it quietly We're just because of Trump or it's, it's being exposed because of his high profile stature.
1: Yeah. I mean, the idea that Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million is laughable. I mean, to be fair, anybody who's been there, anybody who knows anything about Palm Beach real estate, and frankly, South Florida real estate generally, just doesn't understand the uniqueness of that property, the size of the property All all those things. And and you'd think about Ms. James going to the courthouse and trying to intimidate Donald Trump. I mean, by her presence, by her stare down, that was kind of awkward, to be honest. And then secondarily, this kind of claim that somehow, uh, now whether it's worth 500, 600, 700 million dollars, I don't know, but it's certainly worth considerably more than 18 million dollars. I mean, to be blunt, if the Trump family wanted to put that up for sale for 18 million dollars, it wouldn't last one five seconds. So, I'm not getting that, but you're right. It's indicative of what the left is trying to do by utilizing the legal system. Let me switch gears on you. Do you think some of this Hunter Biden things and this impeachment inquiry that's starting out in in Congress, do you think that has real legs? And politically speaking, does it have a chance to backfire in Republicans?
2: No, and I, I don't know. I mean, everyone loves to see a perp walk. You never get the perp walks, if you notice everyone in D.C. in the swamp. There's a lot of finger pointing. We got them. They said this, there's this, there's the, you know, the bank records. And you rarely see a purple. I think the, the usefulness of what's going on with with uh, Chairman Comer on the House Oversight Committee, who I also had on last night. Um, I think the the utility of what he's doing is that eventually the Democrats are going to flip Biden out. He's not going to be the nominee, in my opinion. I don't think he can make it You know, almost every single time he comes up to a you know, a microphone that's not pre-scripted and he has comfort when so he's two, two seconds off a prompter, he's making a gaffe. I think the, America has realized that he's cooked, he's toast, he can't run the country, maybe not for the next 18 months, let alone the next six years, if he were be, to be reelected. So what you're looking at when you look at Joe Biden on, on the microphone is you're looking at Kamala Harris, because if he's president now or gets reelected, and can't continue. It's Kamala Kamala's and she's one of them. I think she might be the lowest rated vice president approval rating wise in certainly modern history, maybe all time. Um, She's not liked. So you look at her. So I think the Democrats aren't stupid and I think they're going to realize and they're going to say, look, I, I, we can't if you want to want to win, um, you're going to have to replace her. The obvious replacement would be Gavin Newsom. I don't even think that's going to be the case. I deep down. And I don't think this is conspiratorial or nut right wing nut job. I don't think the Obamas have ever, ever not wanted to be president. I think they, Michelle Obama would win. They they put her up, she wins and they get to go back to the white house and this whole idea of, Oh, they want to make Netflix programs. BS pretty, it's pretty awesome to be the most powerful people on the planet have every you know, every whim that you want, 20 different people making sure it's executed properly for you. It's incredible power. It's incredible ego gratification. You spend enough time in the White House and I did when Trump was president. It's, it, it's outstanding how many people just make sure you're okay. And for someone, you know, let's be honest. So you, you're president, you're likely a narcissist and Trump certainly is. And so is Obama. So I think that they would be happy to to step in that role when the Democrats decide it's time to move old Joe out because they will.
1: They have to. Some say the Obamas have more influence now over this White House than they did their own. Hey, um, your show, The Balance, is really a great show. I've watched it and you've interviewed, in fact, all of the basically all of the key GOP candidates for president. How do you assess that race at all? I mean, is it just it's Trump's to lose right now, but ultimately, how do you assess? Do you see anybody having a shot At making this a little bit more interesting than it is.
2: Now this 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 cycle now Trump has proven to be Teflon, um, so to speak. Doesn't matter what what they throw at him. The Democrats thought they would take him down with all these lawsuits, and the opposite actually happened. Independents even they've elevated. Right. Some liberals said, "Well, this is a witch hunt. This is ridiculous." In fact, when he put that mugshot up and he had that stern look. Truly, the African-American community said came out in force saying, hey, now, you know what we've been going through, whether you believe that or not. The reality is they're starting to identify with Trump being the victim of, of lawfare and they feel they have been. So whatever they're doing isn't working. I asked Chris Christie last night who I like. I like the guy. I think he's he's great. I know he takes shot at Trump. I, you know. But I said, why? Why don't you guys all just and gals all unite together behind Trump? He's he's clearly the he's the one. He's going to get the nomination now. All this sniping and, and you know backbiting on him isn't going to help him beat Biden. You know, don't you want your? party to occupy the White House in 2024? I said, would you if you dropped out, Chris, after South Carolina, because the money dries up after South Carolina, yeah. if not if you're not on the on the scoreboard, so to speak, if you don't win coming first, second or third in Iowa and New Hampshire and then South Carolina, then you're gone. So you drop tend to drop out. Um well if you dropped out, would you support Trump? No. He wouldn't support us. Like, okay, Chris, let me take it one step further, Governor Christie. Would you support him when he becomes the nominee? and he said no and i'm like mm. okay so trump redefined politics he certainly redefined conservative or the right side of the aisle politics and he really created a, another animal there's a, there's a trump wing of the party and a non-trump wing of the party and the trump wing of the party or at least the then Anti establishment wing is far bigger than the establishment wing. So you have the liberal, the liberals and Democrats on one side. And then on the right, you have the, the, I don't even know, MAGA. Let's call it MAGA, Trump MAGA, but let's call it MAGA, Trump and not. And then there's the just never Trump people. So he bifurcated or trifurcated the, the conservative side, which is damaging. And that's why I said to Christie, you're, he's seen as an establishment uh tight, why don't you unite behind the guy who's going to be the nominee? It's got certainly going to be better than four more years. Of Biden, he just couldn't pull himself to say. It. And I think that's one of those things where you you, you worry more about your own uh, in baseball, you worry all more about your batting average than winning the game. You know, and that's that's unfortunately
1: where we are. Yeah, and and that's a problem. What about some of the other candidates that you've spoken to you've, as a Florida resident? Obviously you've come in contact with Governor DeSantis and there's, uh, you know, Governor Haley out there as well, uh, or Ambassador Haley, uh, Senator Scott. There's a handful of folks still who are legitimate people, I think, uh, still out there plugging away. So
2: I love Ron DeSantis. I've moved down here. I went to college here um, in the 80s and just I'm so thrilled to be back in South Florida. DeSantis is a real deal. I I just wish he didn't run in 24. You know, I just wish he just didn't run. And maybe Trump would have said, hey, Vice President DeSantis in 2024. And then all of a sudden he just walks into the White House in 2028. I think he's presidential material. He's doing great on the state level. Like, like no, I've lived in so many states, like probably 12 different states. Is by far the best governor I've ever lived under. Um, he's not as polished as Gavin Newsom. And I think in 28, DeSantis Newsom is the obvious matchup. He's great. Nikki Haley's great too. I don't think I came from South Carolina f- recently, lived there for a couple of years and she's, she's fantastic. Uh, uh, a, a very solid, um uh, cabinet, potential cabinet member, maybe even a vice presidential pick for somebody. Tim Scott. Is an up and comer. I don't think he's ready yet. He's a great guy. I think he needs a little bit more national exposure. He needs to be out on a bunch more stages to be able to speak to people. He gets. He's still kind of a rookie in that. And Vivek Ramaswamy seems to just want to use his access. So he made a lot of money on Wall Street and used his money and access to, you know, maybe carve out a political career for himself, which I think he's doing as well. Uh, Seems a viable presidential candidate now or maybe ever, but it's certainly a great secretary of commerce or you know, there's so many things you can do in, in an administration. But you got to win the White House first. And, you know, I'm on record as saying when Trump in 2020, when he didn't win, I said there will never be in my lifetime another Republican president. And I do believe that. Now, that doesn't mean Trump can't be. So I think he still has the opportunity to, to be that. I so I don't see a Republican winning the presidency. Not Senators, I think they can win Senate seats. But the presidency, I think that the way United States election rules and politics are set up from here forward, you will, if it's not Trump this time, he won't run in 28 for sure. He'll be too old. But I think that's it for for
1: Republican presidents, at least in my lifetime, unless some surprise happens, but I don't see that. I hope you miss on that thought. But a lot of economic news coming out. How do you assess where we are with the economy and and inflation particularly and the pocketbook issues around fuel costs and, and groceries and those basics that every family must buy one way or another? And so that part of inflation doesn't seem to be under control at all. My view on inflation, it's its skyrocketing. It's strong. It's
2: hot. It's not cooling off like the, the Bidenomics. I think they made a huge mistake calling whatever's going on Bidenomics because they thought when inflation numbers were coming down, that was a good thing. But inflation is a judge of this year versus last year. And right. since last year was on fire inflation-wise, 3% higher than a massive year last year is no win. But they thought it was a win because it was lower than 11. They themselves didn't even understand what they were talking about. So naming How we feel by nomics, when you go to the store and it's $8 for a dozen eggs or $5 for a gallon, it's still insanely high and it's only going higher. Oil is going higher. It's, It's something I used to do for a living. It's clear to me. Oil goes up, inflation goes up. And by the way, all this this looting, this smash and grab, you watch it on TV and like, oh, that's terrible. It happens to you. I was in a Wawa in, in Boca this week and I went to the manager. I'm like, see those guys right there? You know, every Every day there's a new group of people who walk in, fill up a soda, grab some potato chips and walk out the back door. The front is where the cashiers are. And they're like, yeah, we're told not to follow. Them. That's inflationary. I, it, people don't even understand. You want to be diverse and say, OK, we're going to look the other way for that stuff. That means the company, Wawa, whoever, they have to. Raise prices to make up for the stock that's going out the back door. So if you let it happen, that's inflation. Inflation's going higher. What strikes me at is that all these Democrat policies are coming around to bite the Democrats in butt, quite literally. You saw, you saw uh, Henry Cuellar, the Democrat in, in, uh, in DC getting carjacked.
1: Um, well, you see just- the video coming out of Philadelphia this
2: weekend philadelphia there these policies are coming back to bite them so i think the, the country's on the wrong path Inflation's rising it's going higher the only way to to, to combat is they're going to have the feds going to have to aggressively raise interest rates and in then that. that hurts the housing market hurts a lot of people in florida because a lot of people felt really good about the run-up in housing prices during during uh COVID. well Thanks to Biden, you're gonna give that all back and maybe then some because inflation to combat inflation, you're gonna to have to severely raise interest rates. So I think we're in a in an economic concerning point. I don't I think the country's so strong that we won't have a recession, like a lot of like Jamie Diamond at that at um JP Morgan Chase is saying, I I don't think it's gonna be that. I think we'll have a kind of a soft landing, but rates are going higher. That's gonna hurt a lot, a lot, a lot of other people, especially people who are on fixed income, uh, who right. who don't have the ability to to go ahead and and go back to work and and make money to cover 20, 30% higher grocery bills, because they're not coming down. This whole idea that inflation is coming down. You're out of your mind. The rate of increase is coming down, but this, but it's no still increasing. Right? No. Yeah. It's, it's no deep. You need deflation. You just get back to where we were and there's no one suggesting that's ever going to happen. So you know, we're just going to pay more and more, go try and buy a car and see what the prices are for cars right now or, you know, go rent a, an apartment and see what, see what they're saying about that right now. Go buy a dozen eggs. I can't. It's like you're almost hitting $10 for a dozen. Think about that for a second. It's insane. And it's not not changing. So we're in a really, really bad path. Again, there's a simple fix to this. You drill. You become self-sufficient on oil. You tell the Saudis and the, and the OPECers to, to go, to go jump in, in the Strait of Hormuz because n- you need oil prices to come back down. Don't forget under Trump, and this is insane. This has never happened before. When Trump was president, and, and I'm not saying he he was a a genius about this, he just he was doing the right policies, it worked out for him. A barrel of oil went negative, not just to zero. It wasn't a hundred dollars, it wasn't forty dollars, it wasn't twenty dollars, it wasn't a dollar, it went negative thirty dollars a barrel for a short period of time, which meant there was so much oil. We were a washing oil and Oil companies were begging people to take the oil to store it. They had nowhere to put it, so we, it went negative. They would pay you to take oil.
1: You remember at that time when oil was so low, the Trump administration wanted to increase the national reserve, yes, and he got criticized for that when oil was twenty dollars a barrel, and now it's eighty-five dollars a barrel. It's crazy. Yep. So, but but oil really is the thing that
2: makes and that drives inflation. So if, if oil prices go down, inflation will go down. This whole idea of moving to um, Electric cars won't help their idea with oil. We're not dumb enough to believe it, but they're dumb enough to tr- think we're dumb enough to believe when they say just switch over to electric cars because everyone knows that when you plug your electric car in, the electricity that's
1: coming into your car is used by by a, a fossil fuel, whether it's... Well, or if you're in California, you can only plug your car in every other day anyway. So there you go. Um, (laughs) but, but, but that,
2: that draw that you're pulling and plugging, you're not saving anything by saying, oh, I don't put gas in my car and put electric in my car. Well, your electric is based on natural gas and coal to to create the electricity. So you're picking a different fuel to fuel your car. It's still a fossil fuel. It just comes from coal and natural gas, which by the way, coal is burns a lot dirtier than oil does to refine oil into gasoline. Anyway, so the Democrats idea of environmental, uh, hostage to the envi- uh, environmental lobby, the AOCs and Bernie Sanders of the world, like somehow electricity is going to solve our problems. They're, they're, they're out of their mind. They're just out of their mind.
1: Well, on that note, I want to be cognizant of your time. Eric, we'd love to have you back. And since you're just up the road from us in Boca, we'll welcome you back anytime. But thank you for spending the time with us and sharing your thoughts. I really do anytime, appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. Ed, and thank you for doing
2: the right thing by the good people of Florida. Appreciate
1: that.
0: Politics and Sunshine is a production of the Fort Lauderdale law firm Tripp Scott, serving Florida and beyond for over 50 years. A reminder that this podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal or professional advice. No user should act on the basis of any material contained in this podcast without obtaining proper legal or other professional advice specific to their situation. Please be sure to like and share this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of Trip Scott's Politics and Sunshine.